shortly after the Buddha's enlightenment, sitting close to the Bodhi tree. In the scriptures, they record the reflections that uh, considerations that arose in his mind at that time. And uh, before he uh, had undertaken to teach, the initial consideration of his mind was that there was no point in even trying. Uh, he considered, yeah, yeah, the world is uh, is in a state of anguish. Uh, beings of the world, they are committed to becoming, committed to being, to existence. They relish, uh, they relish becoming. They relish existence. They only know that that relishing, that that uh, cherishing. Of, of being, of existence, of becoming, uh, but what they what they cherish, what they relish, uh, uh, brings fear, and what they fear is pain. Uh, so that uh, he, looking around the world, considering there's you know, all beings of the world are, are addicted to becoming, to bhava, to this uh, what you can call defined being, a sense of of identity. All, all beings are in their own ways humans, animals, creatures they're uh, attached to this sense of being, of identity and so that uh, uh, considering in that way his mind was inclined towards not trying to teach just to living as a hermit to you know, stay in Bodhgaya or go off to the Himalayas find a cave <laughs> sit and and uh, enjoy the solitude and the bliss of his enlightenment. And then uh, the, is, the story goes with this Brahma deity, Sahampati, um, who is uh, in the Indian mythology, and Buddhist and, and Vedic mythology, is uh, the, the, the lord of speech or sound. And the creator, creator deity uh, uh, involved in the formation of the universe Sahampati, uh, and uh, he appeared before the Buddha. He picked up this thought in the newly awakened Buddha's mind and thought, oh no, the world will be lost. The world will be utterly lost because the, the mind of the newly awakened Buddha is inclined towards solitude, towards seclusion, towards not teaching. So the Brahma, the Sahampati, uh, appeared in front of the Buddha in the form of a Brahmin youth and said, Please, Honorable Sir, for the sake of those beings with just a little bit of dust in their eyes, please share the understanding that you have. And uh, the, the Buddha, then, having now developed extensive psychic powers, looked around the world and realized, yeah, this Brahma uh, is correct. There are beings with a lot of dust in their eyes who are deluded, who are caught up and very um, uh, enmeshed in their own uh, see, desires and attachments but there are beings with just a little bit of dust in their eyes and so for the sake of those with just a little dust then uh, uh, I will teach the Dhamma, I will share the understanding that I have and that's when he uh, considered uh, who might be open uh, uh, say, um, be able to be receptive to his teaching and he thought of his previous teachers Udakaramaputta and Alara Kalama and he realized both of them had just passed away so then he thought of his five companions outside of Varanasi in the deer park and so that's what caused him to 
to set off uh, to, from Bodhgaya to Varanasi. So the reason why I mention this is about Bhava <laughs> becoming and um, the, uh, its partner Vibhava, um, Bhava Tanha and Vibhava Tanha. So uh, as I was saying, the, the way I like to characterize Bhava Tanha, that, uh, that craving for existence, uh, uh, it's a desire for defined being, liking to be something, and not necessarily inflated, not just sort of, I want to be someone special, I want to be the, 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 the prize winner, I want to be the star, the, the, the hero, the boss, but also the defined being of, I'm hopeless, everybody hates me, I'm a failure, even those I am's of, that have got a, a, a negative tint to them, at least I am something. <laughs> Better to, uh, again, there was another, another bumper sticker in, in, San, in San Francisco, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, why, why be uh, whole and comfortable when you can be a brilliant, wounded fragment? <laughs> Even if there's an attraction to be, I can be this, this sort of significantly wounded, broken being. Yes, I can be that. I'm not trying to belittle people's suffering and traumas and such like, but it, that's the fact of it, um, is that sometimes, uh, and actually the, the great spiritual teacher, um, Gurdjieff, once said, you can take away anything from people except for their suffering, they'll hang on to that until death. <laughs> so that sometimes uh, uh, even our, our problems, our self-criticisms, they're, they're precious to us because they're an identity. I am that. Uh, I, I want to be this thing. So there's a, a profound uh, longing for, in most people for some kind of defined being. And again, relating to our, our theme for this week, because of uh, the habits of self-view and, uh, and conceit, mana, then defined being seems to be reality. And undefined being... Uh, loss or not being anything feels like death. It feels like a disaster. It feels like uh-huh. you know, it's all gone. What, what am I? If I'm not this, what am I? <laughs> and uh, that um, uh, that so from the point of view of self uh, self view, from the position of self view, undefined being uh, uh, or not being anything uh, is a disaster. It's a crisis. It, it's some, something that we we shy away from. And so that, uh, again, I'm not reading anybody's mind or trying to make judgments about people, but that's what most of us do in our life, is, uh, is seeking different forms of, of defined being, trying to be something, trying to pass our exams, trying to get accepted, trying to get a job, trying to do well, trying to be loved, trying to be someone, be, be accepted, be approved, be affirmed. And then the partner of... Bhavatanha is Vibhavatanha when we find we can't get approved, we can't uh, uh, get accepted, we can't achieve or we can't be anything, then we want to switch off, we want to not be, we want to, to uh, annihilate ourselves. So, drink, drugs, distractions uh, to get away from thinking about ourselves. So, uh, these two are a, are a pair, Bhavatanha and Vipavatanha. And uh, in the, um, the Buddha's first discourse, the, um, I mean, he's defining the different kinds of desire that form the, uh, the second noble truth. And he talks about the cause 
uh, of suffering. And I wonder if we have the English here as well. Yes, we do. Great. Um, so the, um, when he's de defining the second noble truth, the causes of the cause of suffering, he talks about three three kinds of desire: yayang tanha, ponobovika, nandiraga sahagata, tatra tatra binandini, seyaditang, kamadanna bhavatanna vipavatanna. And uh, the English of that, for those of you who didn't quite catch all the Pali, the, um, this is uh, it's page 113 in the chanting books, 113. Uh, this bhikkhus is the noble truth of the cause of dukkha, the craving which causes rebirth and is bound up with pleasure and lust, ever seeking fresh delight, now here, now there. Namely, craving for sense pleasure, craving for existence, and craving for annihilation. So, uh, one of the, the great blessings of living and practicing with uh, Ajahn Sumato for many years, I was uh, basically sort of under his direct guidance for about 13 years, which I feel very, very, very grateful for um, in my early time as a monk, um, was that he would emphasize, in terms of giving meditation advice, Bhavatanna and Bhavatanna, and those of you who've read his books or listened to his Dhamma talks, they appear very, very frequently. Um, because uh, when we think about uh, the cause of suffering being craving, tanha, most of us think about craving for sense pleasure, you know, to be comfortable, to have beautiful sights, beautiful things to hear, uh, delightful flavors, to, to, uh, things to eat, things to smell, uh, uh, physical pleasure, sense pleasure. So we think about craving or desire. That's the sort of image that comes to mind. Someone who's um, the mind overtaken by desire, and so that's the, the case. I would say for, for you know, many many human beings around the world. But in terms of meditation, and uh, many people engaging in meditation practice are not usually heavily motivated by by sense desire. Sometimes, <laughs> again, not making assumptions, but. Uh, the kind of people who sign up for a week-long meditation retreat are not uh, sort of the seeking a massive amount of sensual pleasure, even though Deer Park is a beautiful place to be. You don't come here for a kind of uh, fun weekend. I, I saw the, the advertisements in the um, Dharamsala airport for the, um, the, the happening place to have fun in, in Dharamsala. Uh, was uh, you know it's kind of uh, a pub or a nightclub, <laughs> so that's where you go for the sort of fun and excitement. You wouldn't come on a week-long meditation retreat and, uh, uh, for fun and excitement and uh, uh, sort of that kind of stimulation. Uh, I forget the name of the the nightclub that was being advertised, but <laughs> the. So the, that, that's the kind of obvious target or the focus for when we think about craving as craving for sense pleasure. But these two other types of craving, bhava tanha and vipava tanha, they are quieter, they're more subtle. And in terms of meditation, they're, they're, they're kind of more significant because that uh, the, bhava that, tanha uh, is... Uh, I want to get concentrated. I want to get insight. Uh, I want to get rid of my defilements. I want to get my chattering mind to shut up. I want to get rid of my uh, my the pain in my knees. Uh, you know, I want to annihilate that. 
all seemingly very reasonable. I, I want to get concentrated. <laughs> I want to have loving kindness. <laughs> that uh, it can all seem well. Isn't that the instruction you were giving earlier on, Ajahn? Yeah. And so um, very easily, uh, and why I thought to, to to focus on this now, that uh, uh, that kind of asmi virus, <laughs> the kind of the, the self-centered virus that, that sort of sleeps in, it creeps in the back window, is bhavatana vipavatana how our sincere efforts that uh, to to develop the wholesome let go of the unwholesome can be overtaken by the desire to become and the desire to get rid of they can disguise themselves as good practice like it, i i want to practice really hard so i can become a stream enterer i want to get rid of my defilements for the benefit of all beings i want to be a really compassionate person you think well yeah <laughs> but again uh, what we're, what's happening in that is that it's the uh, I'm an unenlightened person who's got to do something now to become enlightened in the future. It's all being cast in the mold of self-view, and so these these subtle kinds of, of craving, of desire, the desire to become, the desire to get rid of, they are the the elements that are sort of creeping into the picture, the the viruses that we're inhaling, and. Um, are affecting the, the 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 attitude that is there. So, just as an earlier question today, you can start off with making an effort, clearly, completely free of any kind of conceit and self-view. It's an effort that's absolutely in tune with dhamma, and that's the way we start out. But then it can be, oh, I'm doing really well. Things that you know, I'm I'm really going places with my practice, and then the, that bhavatanha kind of slips in and, and takes over. Uh, so like a, a, a virus in your computer that sort of takes over the system. So in terms of meditation, uh, and again, uh, as uh, I was mentioning Ajahn Sumedho's teachings, over and over and over again, he would emphasize, get to know these qualities, bhavatanna vibhavatanna, and, and to get to know the feeling, the, the, the texture that is uh, uh, characteristic of those qualities. The, I want to get rid of, uh, when's this going to be over? I, I need to wipe this out, I don't want to feel this, I've, I've had enough of this. Get to know that those attitudes, that they're subtle shifts of attitude, but they make all the difference. <laughs> and so they were, and we can label it, I'm just letting go of the unwholesome, but what you're really feeling is like, get out of here. <laughs> like, you don't belong. Right? Yeah. I, uh, uh, and so the, the uh, I want to get rid of this is the unspoken attitude, but on the surface it's like, I'm letting go of the unwholesome. You know, I'm really, uh, <laughs> that's what uh, the advertising is, is presenting that, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, the right effort is being practiced, but underneath there can be these subtle qualities of, I want to be this and I want to get rid of that. So learning to recognize those qualities in the practice identify that I want to be this and I want to get rid of that getting to know those uh, and, and as I've been saying when we highlight those qualities with awareness when you know that oh this is the I want to be something I want to be this I want to, to, to get that and become concentrated I want to get inside to, to uh, bring awareness to that and then in a sense then by uh, trusting in the awareness, 
letting that have its effect just as if we bring awareness to the body and then see the body is, is sort of slumped over and then the awareness will encourage the body to, to sit up in a balanced way when there's an awareness of that but uh, yeah, I, I, I want to be concentrated <laughs> I want to get concentration just feel that, know that and its own distortion its own stressed, stressfulness becomes apparent and then it's like you don't have to let go it's like when, the, when the, the season comes and the leaves fall off the trees the trees don't have a meeting to decide okay today's the day we drop the leaves it's like no the season changes the, the chemistry of the leaves is such and poof, they fall it's, it's no committee meeting it just, it's the way nature works so with awareness being shone onto that quality of, uh, of tensing of I want to be or I, I am this just feeling that, knowing that fully and completely then the, the clinging can't sustain itself in that light of wisdom clinging and attachment identification can't sustain itself it, it, it falls away I would suggest that. Similarly, that uh, the vibhavatana, the desire to get rid of, the desire to not feel, to not be, that when we, we notice that I, I'm practicing loving kindness towards this pain in my leg, so it'll go away. <laughs> That's not genuine loving kindness. There isn't a surrender there. There's a, there's a negotiation, there's a deal being made. Like, I'll love you as long as you go. You know, it's like. That's vibhavatana, yeah, but it's sort of disguised as I, I'm having uh, loving kindness towards this pain, so it'll go, please, please. And uh, to uh, to notice that, to feel that kind of deal making going on, and to again, without trying to get rid of it, <laughs> to just shine that light of awareness on that that attitude, to feel that, know that. And let the awareness have its effect, and so then there's a, it's, it's just an uncomfortable feeling. Let go of the manipulating, maneuvering, negotiating. Just let it be as it is, and so that then uh, again, uh, the the we, as with the posture, as with with the desire to become, the desire to get rid of. When these are illuminated, then when that that uh, shift has occurred on its own when there's, say, the, the, the straightening of the posture, when there's a letting go of that desire to be something or get rid of something, when that has been awakened to and known, notice uh, and be as fully conscious of the result of that. How does it feel when there is no clinging there, when that bhavatanna vibhavatanna have been dropped? What's the quality of the heart when it's free of clinging? Just to, and then, as I was saying in the guided meditation, let that speak for itself. You don't have to say, "Oh, this is good." Oh, now I, my mind is really clear and bright and peaceful and spacious. That that's a kind of commentary on a, a verbal representation of that. But the quality is uh, uh, the quality speaks for itself. Let that be known. That, the, that you don't have to say, "Oh, this is good." <laughs> the words or the idea is extra. In your heart, there's a knowing. This is the heart free of dukkha. This is dukkha niroda. In this moment, there's no suffering, no stressing being created. Ah. And to let that ease, that spaciousness, that natural peacefulness 
be fully known. And it's quite a challenge to not add anything to that, to just let it be what it is and, and not start celebrating or like, oh, this is great, how can I get more of this? You know, <laughs> what did I do to get here? Quick, you know, <laughs> let, me, let me rewind and check that. So it's just to let that be known, let that speak for itself, let that have its own effect. And then uh, that's a, 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 in a sense, learning what the path is and recognizing oh, that if there's grasping, that brings dukkha. When the grasping stops, there's, there's no dukkha. Right. <laughs> that's the path. Uh, uh, that's the, uh, the, 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 the way forward. And so it's not a it's not a big secret. It's not some kind of special hidden teaching. It's like right, <laughs> yeah, right there when the in the four noble truths in a way when that clinging when that craving is let go of, then that's what leads to dukkha nirodha. It's not like a special esoteric teaching, but uh, the teaching and the, the what the path is is very uh, very clearly laid out. But the actual embodiment of that. Um, that's where the, the challenge lies to to keep um, say following that, embodying that moment by moment, day by day. So uh, this evening, I thought uh, when we gather together, um, I was talking about the Anattalakana Sutta. So you'll find that a few pages further on. Uh, begins on page 120 in this conveniently large print version. <laughs> so I thought when we gather the evening session, we could begin with uh, chanting the Anathalakana Sutta. But if you'd like to have something to read uh, during your tea time, the English version is right there, beginning on page uh, 121. So I was quoting some uh, parts of that uh, earlier on. But I would suggest that uh, this is a such an essential teaching and so potent and uh, uh, so valuable and so much kind of um, spelling out the the details of insight meditation practice. I would suggest you don't have to memorize it. There won't be any test, <laughs> but from your own mind. Um, but I, I would suggest uh, reading through that, taking a look at that, and uh, um, getting familiar with the. Uh, the, the content of that sutta. So chanting it is um, a way to get familiar with the Pali, to get to know the, the words. But the meaning um, uh, there in the English, uh, I feel, is, is very, very helpful uh, to get to know. So I would su suggest that either today or tomorrow sometime, then you take a look at that beginning page 121, and then it's every other page all the way through to the... Um, the ending of it on page 127. So uh, um, the last 10 minutes of today, uh, we can sit, uh, sit quietly and reflect on the Bhavatana um, Vibhavatana, <laughs> these <laughs> subtle kinds of, of craving. Uh, and hopefully, I, I know I'm realizing I'm using quite a lot of Pali words, and uh, uh, hopefully, it's, it's not. Too, te too technical or too um, challenging for people to understand. But I would say, I would suggest we we know these qualities. <laughs> these are familiar. That sense of uh, of the delight in defined being, and 
the the desire to to switch off and to not be to not feel i would again i i don't i can't read your minds and i don't know your lives but i would suggest for for all of us we know those <laughs> those qualities from personal experience maybe we didn't have a name for that um but that is a uh, something that is uh, uh, familiar in our world so that uh, having these these words to describe these qualities then uh, I would say it's, it uh, helps to clarify how the mind is losing its balance uh, uh, and getting getting lost because of these these habits. So let's just uh, sit quietly together for ten minutes for the last part of this session. <laughs> 